Amen. Please remain standing for just a few more moments if you're able. As we look at our scripture for this morning, it's found in James chapter number 1. We'll look at verses 2 through 4 together. The word of God for the people of God. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Thus ends the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Thank you so much for being here. Can y'all believe it's March already? Wow, it is already March. If today is your first time with us, thank you for being here. A special welcome to you. My name is Rodney. I'm one of the pastors here at New City Matthews. And today we're going to be continuing sermon series we started last week on the book of James. Now, this series is all about how to get through what we are going through. But before we dive in, let's take another quick moment to give God the space of our time together. Father in heaven, we are grateful. Thankful for this moment. Today is a day that we've never seen before and a day that we'll never see again. Help us to be the very best that we can be today, right now. Can't do anything, God, but apologize to you for where we may have missed it on yesterday. Thought, word, or deed. For that, we say that we're sorry. We're grateful this morning, God, that you woke us up with a fresh breath, new grace, new mercies, defined moments such as this. So we give you the space, God, to do whatever it is you got to do. We ask that you move up and down these aisles, that you move in and out of our hearts. Do whatever is pleasing in your sight, but we ask that you would indeed get the glory in this place and out of these people. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, in the book of James, we have one verse, and then James gets right down to business. But for the benefit of those who may be joining us for the first time, um, I want to recap just for a moment some of the things that we talked about last week. So we looked at James chapter 1, verse number 1, last week, and we saw that James clearly communicated a few things in verse number 1. He communicated, number 1, the authorship who is James, he is the half-brother of Jesus. Second thing we saw was the recipients of the letter. Who was James writing to? He was writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish Christians. And then we looked at the theme of the book, and the theme is scattered. He's writing to people that are stuck, people that are scattered because of persecution. In other words, James is writing to them about how to get through what you're going through, how to get through what it is you're going through. I don't know about you, but I can use a message like this. I can use a message like this. James, the book of James is primarily a book about how to. It's not a book about what is. It's a book about how to. It's not a book about what is. It is written as an instruction to the followers of Jesus that are going through a lot of troubles. Now, I, I need you to know this regarding books of the New Testament. There are three categories of books in the New Testament. Three categories of books. There are foundational books, the Gospels. There are historical books, such as the book of Acts. And then there are instructional books. 
like the book of James. And so instructional books amplify the foundation and the history of the text. Instructional books amplify it. James, in other words, is not a starting book. It's a steering book. It's not a starting book. It is a steering book. Now, James is relevant to everybody in this room today. I'm going to tell you why. Either you have been through something, you're going through something right now, or you will go through something. Either you've, you've been through something, you're going through something, or you will go through something in the future. And so for us, when we read God's Word, when we read God's Word, when we study, when we listen, when we discuss, God speaks to us something that's necessary for us and or God speaks through us something that somebody else needs. And so here in the book of James, James is saying with Jesus, it's not you should get over this. Rather, the book of James is saying that with Jesus, we will get through this. This is primarily what the book of James is all about. Now, I believe that there are some things in your life that we'll never get over. I believe that there are some things that we'll never get over, but with Jesus, we can get through it. The truth of the matter, friends, is that sometimes God will deliver us from something, but most often God disciples us through something. And so that's the challenge for us to figure out, God, what is your desire for this? God, is your desire to deliver me from what I'm going through? Or is it your desire to disciple me through what I'm going through? And so James quickly begins his book, his letter to his flock. In verse number two, he quickly starts to address this in verse number two when he says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, he says. Now, for context, again, James is writing here to a group of people that have been exiled away from their homes. They've been exiled away from their homes, from their businesses, from their heritage, from their church, from their community. They're living outside of Palestine for the first time, and they're facing the realities of having to start over. They're facing the realities of having to start over. Has anybody in the room ever had to start over? In life, I certainly have. Now, there's sometimes we choose to start over, and then there are other times when it's chosen for us, right? Sometimes we choose to start over, but there are many moments in life when it's chosen for us. Here's a, a few things that you know of that automatically restart us. One is the diagnosis, right? A diagnosis forces us to start over. A divorce forces us oftentimes to start over. And even a death, right? A death can force us to start over. Even if it's not a physical death of someone we love and care about, maybe it's the death of something that we cared about, like a relationship. And these things force you and I to have to restart. What they all have in common is that they trouble us, right? What, we all, what they all have in common is that they trouble us. I want to remind you of what Jesus said in John 16, He said, in this world you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. So since trouble is inevitable, let's talk about what James talks about here when he says, when trouble comes your way. When trouble comes your way. It's interesting that this is the starting point of the book of James. It's interesting to me that this is where he chooses to start off. That how to get through trouble is at the top of his agenda 
as he writes to his flock, his church here. Undoubtedly, this is relevant to where we are today, right? So he starts his, his book here by talking about the certainty of trouble. The certainty of trouble. And he starts this off, the context he's writing, he says, dear brothers and sisters, this means that this is a discussion for the family of faith. I want to be clear about that. This is the discussion for the family of faith. This is not people outside of the church. He's addressing this letter to people that are in the family of faith. Now, as he does, it's significant that he says, when troubles come. In other words, there's no question about whether or not we're going to face them. It's not if troubles come, it's when troubles come. And this is important for you and I to understand because we have to get into the mindset that eventually, inevitably, trouble is going to come. I think to think that it won't is both immature and unrealistic. To think that trouble will not come our way. Because the truth is, God never promised that everything would always be good. He never promised that. In fact... What Jesus did promise was in this world that we would have trouble. You might be familiar with 1 Peter 4.12 that says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange was happening to you. He said, don't be surprised, but we're often very surprised, aren't we? We're often very surprised. We think, God, well, I, I prayed every day this week. I went to church. I've been going to church four Sundays in a row. God, what is this? What is this? We often act surprised when things happen. Now, I'm not saying we should seek trouble, right? That's not the implication. The implication is that we shouldn't expect a life without trouble, particularly if we're living a life that's going to honor and glorify King Jesus. Because the truth is, is that this world is not heaven. This world is not heaven. It's not the place of perfect rest. It's not the place of perfect health, nor is it the place of perfect circumstances. So James begins here by saying, when troubles come. If you live long enough, you know that these troubles can take on various kinds, right? It could be health-related. It could be financial. It can be relational. Some people think or even teach that if you have enough faith, you won't have problems. Some people actually think and teach that, that if you have enough faith, you won't have any problems. Or people say things like, if things are smooth, then, then that's how you know it's of God. If it's not smooth, then it's not of God. Scripture, scripture does not say that. Many of the people that we admire, admire in Scripture had hard lives, didn't they? They had several things that they went through. All of the disciples, minus John, were killed. John was beaten and exiled. And even James, even James, as he writes this, he's writing as someone who is no stranger to trouble. I mentioned last week that even James was martyred for the sake of the gospel. He was martyred for the sake of the gospel. I love what C.S. Lewis says when he said this. He says, our father refreshes us on the journey with some pleasant ends, but will not encourage us to mistake them for home. He won't, he won't encourage us. In other words, Scripture says that we're in the world but not of the world. As we go through the things of the world, we ought to remember where home is. Where home is. 
And this is important for you and I because right out of the gate, James says, when you have trouble. But I love what he follows it up with. He follows it up with what I'm calling our perspective of trouble. He talks about the certainty of trouble, but then he talks about what our perspective should be when we go through trouble. He says in in the latter part of verse 2, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Wait a minute. Wait. Consider it an opportunity for great joy when I'm going through something? When something doesn't feel good, doesn't look good, doesn't sound good? The Scripture says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. This is counterintuitive to the way we normally think in it. This is counterintuitive. Who walks into a situation, gets a diagnosis, gets some bad news, and considers it an opportunity for great joy? What James is suggesting to us here is that it's not about the trouble. It's about the person. In other words, the opportunity that he's speaking of is around the question, who are we becoming in trouble? When we go through trouble, who are we becoming? Who are we becoming? If you're anything like me, when you're going through something, you pray prayers of deliverance rather than prayers of discipleship, don't you? Even Paul did it, right? The Scripture says that he begged God three times to get the thorn out of his flesh. Three times. But God didn't do it, did he? Because God wanted to disciple him through what he was going through. And maybe that's the case for where we find ourselves. Maybe, maybe God's plan is not deliverance. Maybe it's discipleship. Maybe the reason why we're going through some of the things we're going through is because God wants to make us more like his son. Remember, discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. This is what discipleship is. When you think about it, the, the, the theme of rejoicing in trouble is found all throughout Scripture. It's found all. James is not the only one that mentioned it. Romans 5.3 says we can rejoice too when we run into trouble. We can rejoice when we run into trouble for we know that they help develop endurance. 1 Peter 1.6 says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. So James here addresses what our response or what our perspective should be when it comes to the trouble that we go through. Again, this is, this is, this is despite how we feel, what it looks like, or what we're going through. He says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It's almost like exercising, right? Now, some of us in the room, you, you love to exercise. I, yeah, there you go. That's for you. But a lot of us in the room don't enjoy it, right? But the fact of the matter is when you exercise, right, you, you're, you have to go through some pain in order to get the pounds off, right? Muscles often have to be torn before they can be rebuilt, I never, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've never been a runner, right? I've, I had a season, particularly when I was a fireman, uh, we, had to, we had to run several miles. I'll never forget one day we were running, and we were right at about the five-mile point, and my left leg from my knee down went numb. Went numb. What's the first thing you think I thought? I'm stopping. 
I can't feel the bottom of my left leg. I'm stopping. But one of the things I remembered that a guy that was helping me to stay in shape, to stay in fire department shape, one of the things he said is when you hit that wall, the first thing you're going to want to do is stop. But you're building endurance in that moment. And so the challenge, but what's necessary is for you to keep going through it. And in this moment, as I lost feeling in the bottom of my left leg, I remembered what he said to me. And I kept going. And I kept going. And I kept going. I resisted the urge to stop. And after a while, you know what happened? The pain in my left leg went away. Now, had I considered, had I considered this moment as a moment of endurance, it probably would have been easier for me to find great joy in it. And this is what James is saying to us. When we're going through something, it's developing us, it's making us more like Christ. And that is an occasion for great joy. That's an occasion for great joy. So here as he starts this book that he's writing to his flock, he begins by talking about the certainty of trouble. Then he talks about what our perspective in trouble should be like. And then he ends in verses 3 and 4 by telling us some of God's purposes for our trouble. Some of God's purposes for our trouble. Again, this is important. He's writing to a Jewish audience here. Jewish Christians, and many of the people that he is writing to, they grew up with a traditional Jewish outlook on suffering. And the, tradition, the, the traditional Jewish outlook on suffering was that if you're suffering, that means you, you were in sin. And some of us still believe that way today, that if we're suffering, it means that we're in sin. And so for the Jewish audience, if there was struggle, that meant there was sin, and there was a lot of shame and regret around that. And again, many of us believe that today. Now, I want to be clear. There's a difference then in, in what James is talking about here and the suffering we bring on ourselves, right? Some of us have, have been repeatedly hard-headed, disobedient, rebellious, and stubborn, right? That has its consequences. But God can work even through that. God can work even through that. But James is saying no matter where you found yourself or how you got there, God can use your pain, your suffering, and your sorrow for his purposes. God can use it for his purposes. The Bible makes it clear that not all trouble is a result of sin. I love John chapter 9 when the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned this man or his parents that he would be born blind? Jesus said neither. Neither. Not all trouble is a result. Of sin. And James is saying here that as a Christian, we should have a different perspective on trouble because God has a purpose for the things that we go through. God has a purpose. So I want to share a few of these purposes. He talks about in verse number three that they test our faith. Troubles test the genuineness of our faith. Our faith is tested through trouble, not produced by trouble. I need you to understand that. It's tested in trouble, not produced by, by trouble. In other words, trouble reveals the faith that we do have. It reveals the faith that we have. Not because God doesn't, doesn't know how much faith we have, but so that our faith will be evident to ourselves and to those that are around us. And I need you to know this as well, that tested means to be proved and improved. 
When our faith is tested, that means it's, it's proven and it's being improved in the moment. In other words, on the other side of your troubles is a tested disciple, is a proven disciple on the other side of your trouble. So the first thing is that they test our faith. The second thing he talks about here is that they grow our endurance. Trials, troubles, tribulations, they grow our endurance. He is not saying that troubles are going to make us perfect. That's not what he means. He means that they're going to make us complete. They're going to make us mature. And this is God's goal for us. God's goal for us is that you and I would grow up. I talked a few months ago about a season in life that I was in, and all of my prayers were centered around God help me, God help me, God help me. Get me out of, God, what this is that I'm going through. But I've been realizing more and more that God wants to mature me. God wants to grow me up, and he wants to do the same in your life. So as far as troubles, we need to begin to see troubles as a vital part of our growth process. They're vital. There's somebody in the room that's going through something now, and it's keeping you up at night. It's stressing you out. But James says, consider it an opportunity for great joy because God has a purpose for this. So far from seeing our difficulties as bad, we should see them as a part of God's growth process for our lives. And this takes a very different mindset, a very different mindset. We need to think of the trouble and the things that we're going through as building our character and building our faith so that to the world around us, we look more and more like the God that we say that we serve. That's God's goal for you. That's God's goal for me. And so God uses our struggles to mature us. And I will say for me personally, there are lessons that I never would have learned had it not been for trouble. Lessons I would have never learned. There are scriptures that would have never come alive for me had I not had trouble. There are prayers that I would have never prayed ever had I not had trouble. There are sermons I would have never preached. Value in the valley. Had I not gone through something. There are people that would have never been blessed had I not had trouble. There's maturity that I would never have arrived to had I not had trouble. There is praise that I would have never given had I not gone through trouble. So if you and I would arrive to a place where we can have great joy in the things that we go through, not that we don't acknowledge this sucks, this is bad. This doesn't feel good. Not that we don't acknowledge that, but we acknowledge that there's a God that loves us. There's a God that cares for us. And there's a God that has purpose for the things that we're going through. So if it's true for me, then it's true for you. So our, our troubles, they test our faith, they grow our endurance, and lastly, they glorify God. They glorify God. Another reason why we can consider it an opportunity for great joy is because they put us in good company. Jesus suffered. Jesus had trouble. Jesus went through things for the sake of the gospel. Job was one of God's choice servants. And it was actually because he was that God allowed him the privilege of suffering for his honor. He'll do the same for you. He'll do the same for me. 
so that he might be glorified in us. I love what Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, in Philippians 1.29. He said, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. He called it a privilege. He called it a privilege to suffer for the sake of Christ. The truth is that when your endurance is fully developed, we become mature and complete. The pathway to maturity is oftentimes paved with mess. And the more we can understand that, the more we can embrace that, the easier it will become for you and I to consider the things that we go through as an opportunity for great joy. We often quote Psalm 23, but what I'm learning is that the valley of the shadow of death is the pathway to the life of Jesus, to a new life for you and I in Christ. But the good thing about that scripture is that our shepherd, our father, our good, good father is walking with us every step of the way. Because the devil, the devil wants to use trouble to discourage us. The devil wants to use trouble to weaken us. He even wants to use trouble to turn us against each other. But God wants to use it to strengthen us. God wants to use our troubles to complete us, to make us his church pure and undefiled. Because the truth is, it's in our troubles and our trials that we learn about ourselves and we learn about who King Jesus is. And so your troubles, as difficult as they may be, as long as they may have persisted, as much as you don't want to be going through it, I need you to know that they're never wasted. They're never wasted. There's purpose to your pain. Remember, this is all about the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. And our bottom line today is simple. And it's this. Adversity is God's university. Adversity is God's university. And my hope and my prayer is that we won't, we won't see that syllabus and bow out. But we'll press forward. And that we would allow God to do the work that only he can do. Because I believe that there's somebody along your journey that needs you to graduate. That needs you to get through what you're going through. Because God is going to use you to speak to their situation. God is going to use you to speak life to them. And so if only we could just stand still and see the glory of God. I'm telling you what I'm living. And I'm grateful of all the reminders that God gives me that he's with me, that he loves me, and that he's for me. And if he's with me and he loves me and he's for me, then he's with you, he loves you, and that he's for you. Amen.